This week on Sequential Fiction, we've got Comic Picks of the Week, a special preview of our live show. Plus, we talk about the 10 movies that scared us the most. Hold on, because Sequential Fiction starts now. It's the Sequential Fiction Megacast, delivering you the greatest in pop culture and comics. They are dedicated to battling the forces of evil, delivering goodness and eradicating boredom wherever they find it. They are the warriors of sequential fiction. This week's sequential fiction is brought to you by the Four City Comic Con, November 5th and 6th at the London Convention Center in London, Ontario. With amazing guests, tons of vendors, comics, sci-fi, and video games featuring Project Play, the Four City Comic Con is Southwestern Ontario's best comics and pop culture convention. This year, the show is two exciting days and Sequential Fiction will be there. Come see a live recording of Sequential Fiction on Saturday, November 5th at 1 p.m. And check out the Forest City Comic Con at forestcitycomiccon.ca. Welcome, Liam, to... (laughs) I'm apparently a robot now. Welcome, Liam, to Sequential Fiction, episode 46. Welcome, Brian. I have a question. What will we be talking about at uh, Forest City Comic Con? So we are recording this on Halloween evening. This was supposed to be recorded on Sunday, but I had internet problems. I am currently suffering from internet problems and may not have internet all night. So we're just going to give this a shot and see how it goes. How was your week? I still have a question. What are we talking about Forest City Comic Con? Oh my gosh. So, okay. So... I figure you and I will just do our thing and just, you know, talk comic picks of the week. But I've got two very special guests for us. My friend Ryan McFadden, who's written uh, two Aurora award-winning novels and now has his third uh, novel out there, which didn't win the Aurora this year, which, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that disappointment with him. So we're going to do, we're going to have him as a guest. We're also going to have my friend Deanna Tamblin, who has written a graphic novel written and drew a graphic novel about Gerard Bull. Are are you familiar with Gerard Bull? I am not, sir. Dude, it's a really fascinating story. So we're going to have her up there to do a little interview with that. She's working on the second part to her graphic novel right now. And so I'm really looking forward to talking to her about that. So yeah, Ryan McFadden, Deanna Tamblin, you, me. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great show. Well, since this is all news to me, I'm hoping you can send me some links at which I can check out some of no, this material. No, I do know Ryan, so no, that, that won't come as a surprise. I won't, I won't be doing any of that. <laughs> I, like, I like to surprise you. Speaking of surprises, let's talk about our comic picks of the week. All right. Do you want to let, let me go first? Fantastic, sir. This week, my pick is Cave Carson has a cybernetic R. Uh, it's cybernetic arm. Cybernetic eye. Uh, it's one of the new DC young animal things. It's, uh, co-written by Gerald way, uh, illustrated by Michael Avon Oming. It's fantastic. The first issue just came out last week. Um, really cool. It's, it's an interesting story. Um, basically cave Carson is the last of like a bunch of cave explorers who have been doing something really cool. And they haven't really explained why he has a cybernetic eye what it does he went and saw will magnus who said yeah this thing's made of a weird alloy that i don't even recognize looks really interesting so there's an entire like mystery around the eye and he's recovering from his uh the the recent death of his wife he's got a young daughter chloe who's just going off to college so yeah it's 
really interesting. It's a it's a it's a great book, and I love Mike Oming's art and Gerald Way, who's done. Uh, well, he's like the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. But he's also done Umbrella Academy for Dark Horse, which is an amazing series. So I'm I'm really enjoying what he's doing. He's kind of channeling a bit of Grant Morrison, um, but he's doing a, a really good job of it. So yeah, check out Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. What's Fantastic. your pick? I know you're a big fan of Gerard Way, so I have never read Umbrella Academy, and this has come up on our show before, but it really is kind of a hole in my comic knowledge, so yeah, I really do need to pick it up and kind of read through it. So, my pick of the week um, is basically in response to the release of Skyrim Special Edition on Xbox One and PS4 which if you're a PC gamer, you already are familiar with all the mods and such and probably think I'm the worst video like gamer of all time. But um, I've been looking uh, forward with bated breath to this release. And in uh, the game's just the greatest video game ever made. And in response to that, I thought I'd pick something in the same kind of flavor. So I'm going to recommend the first, and I don't know the exact issues, but I think it might be issues two and three of Savage Tales of Conan, or Savage Tales featuring Conan the Barbarian, which is Barry Windsor Smith's Red Nails, which mm. is one of the great pieces of singular comic art ever. Um, his art probably, it's probably the single piece that catapulted Barry Windsor Smith sort of into the echelon of the very top comic artists of all time. I mean, he's done work absolutely since that's equally like important, and the first few issues of Conan's uh, comic book, of course. But Red Nails is sort of seen as like the zenith of sort of Conan and comic books. And I think it's it's like absolutely in, in uh, keeping with Skyrim. That's really interesting. Did you know there are two comic stores in, in uh, Toronto called Red Nails and Red, Red Nails 1 and Red Nails 2? I did not know that. Where and are they had, located? Uh, Wilson. The Red Nails 2 is Wilson Ave and uh, I want to say like Jane kind of out there. Mm-hmm. I, I used to go to that that store and and I never really put two and two together, but it's totally because of that. It's, that's awesome. It if you haven't seen the art recently, you should just kind of like Google it because it really is. I mean, it looks like contemporary work that would have been done today. And Windsor Smith, I mean, he's just an amazing uh, illustrator beyond just being a comic book artist. I mean, I think he's. Obviously, one of the cats who's like super influenced by Muha, like Charles Vess or uh, Mike Kaluta. Um, yeah. I, and you know, those guys are kind of my favorite. So it's funny you say that because I, I just went on a massive run of Barry Windsor Smith art. Like I, I used Marvel Unlimited and just basically consumed everything that they've got on Marvel Unlimited from him. So he did a ton of X-Men in like the late 80s, early 90s. That's right. And uh, yeah, he's you could drop him in today and he would still be like one of the top five artists in, in any any uh, company. So if I and it's funny you say that because I think my favorite X-Men cover besides Burns like spotlight cover from I guess it's Days of Future Past where it's the yeah. wanted posters on the wall. I love that cover. But this my second favorite X-Men cover is the cover by Barry Windsor Smith where uh Wolverine, I think it's issue 207 where he's in perspective. Yeah. There's all these like wires and things coming out of him or tubes. Yeah. 
It's just an amazing cover, and it's like Windsor Smith at his best. And he's one of my favorites. I think he's one of the best. Yeah, my my favorite ones are the um, – there's a couple Storm ones that Barry Windsor Smith did around yep. the 180s, 190s. It, they're so good. He did that, like, life life death story with Forge and and uh, Storm when she loses her powers. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so I'm wrong about that cover, but I don't know which number it was. But, uh, oh, he did do 212, so it's probably in the right space. But, um, yeah, he's just amazing. And he did a lot of his own coloring, too. And it was kind of before uh, Photoshop. So he did it all in washes and stuff, and it looks like it was colored in Photoshop. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing stuff. His Machine Man miniseries is really great, oh, too. Oh, so good. Yeah, I think I think the, yeah, the, the issue you're talking about, I'm actually seeing it right now, is... 205 you were really close you're right it is yeah that's it that's such a great cover yeah. and again you can tell that windsor smith did his own colors on it because they're they're all kind of washy and really neat that marvel comics present stuff the, the weapon x was so good absolutely oh. yeah there's my favorite cover it's uh life death 2 it's issue 198 i think which is just storm standing there and there's like this massive swirling storm going on behind her it's so cool very cool. Oh, so awesome. All right. Well, I think that takes us through our comic picks of the week. Let's move into our top 10 scariest uh, movies while I still have internet, which is a really scary proposition. <laughs> no doubt. Um, why don't you go first? So, so we're, we've each decided to pick five of our scariest movies. Now, we've done a horror episode before where we picked five of the best horror movies. But the best horror movies aren't necessarily always the scariest horror movies. So I thought yeah, we'd do one where true. it was just like, these are just the scariest movies. So uh, once you shoot and, and give me your number five, your, your first one. Okay, so I've done this before when we've had a countdown list, but I'm going to kind of, I haven't matched them one for one. But as I was making my list of scariest movies, I also kept thinking back on scenes that aren't from horror movies that are the scariest scenes I've ever seen. Right. And that kind of stood out. And I thought I'd just kind of mention some of those in passing. So I'll mention one with each of my movies, even though they're not matched the movies, it's just, and they're not even horror movies really, but they're just scenes that really kind of shook me. Right. So, um, and are horrific, because I also thought there's a lot of movies with disturbing material in them, but these are scenes that are actually terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So my fifth of my list of scary movies is uh, Jew on the Grudge. Okay. Or yeah. any of the Grudge movies, yeah. frankly, by the one director, and I can never remember his name. But uh, the Grudge is sort of gimmicky in that it's all just jump scares, and they happen at a rapid-fire pace. I mean, it's like American Horror Story's first season. Mm -hmm. There's just a ton of jump scares. But I don't think they've – I've never seen a movie where the jump scares are as effective, and they really are eerie visuals. And kind of the screaming kid and sort of like the constant reflections and things that are moving. I just, that's a movie that is like uncommonly creepy. And in the grudge too, there's a set piece where the one character hears this bang against the wall and the great whole ghost thing is flipped on its head when you realize that some of the things that people are experiencing are actually violent events that have yet to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, that whole concept is terrifying to me. So I'm going to go with The Grudge and its 
sequels, the Japanese films, as my scariest number five. And for my like shocking scene that freaked me out, I'm going to pick the scene where uh, the emaciated skeleton from Seven wakes up out of the bed. Oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting because... One of the things Liam and I, when we were talking about this, we decided that we wouldn't go for gore because gore and horror are often linked together, but they're not necessarily the same thing. So we're more thinking suspense and like that, that edgier seat, like I'm so anxious about what's going to happen next. Um, my number five is actually a fairly recent movie. It's from 2014. It's a psychological horror film that's actually based on a short story. Uh, sh- uh, sorry, a short film called Monster, which was uh, from 2005, directed by Jennifer Kent, and it's called The Babadook. It is about a single mom who's raising her six-year-old son, Sam, who uh, was born after her husband died in a car accident, getting her to the hospital. So there's a lot of like tension right around the relationship between the mom and the son right from the beginning. Uh, the sun starts having nightmares that are around this book called the Babadook. And it has one of the best endings that I, I can't spoil, but it's the, the whole movie is just ratcheted tension, ratcheted tension. And the, the Babadook has this great, like Babadook voice that, ah, so creepy. There's plenty of kind of cheap jump scares when, when you get, you know, a, a slamming door or just like, the hints of somebody in the corner, but yeah, it's, it's a great movie. So well done. Uh, the Babadook. Yes. That's a movie that went over my head. Not in that. I didn't think it was scary. Just that I thought the ending was pretty heavy handed. So I didn't like the movie that much, but a lot of people think it's the best horror movie made in the last 25 years. So I'm obviously in the minority. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, one of the things that I noticed on my list is that, Four of the five movies I have are around kids, and I've always found kids a little bit creepy. Like I have two, but and they're cool. But I I find kid horror to be like kids as the subject of the horror. It's always creeped the crap out of me. So so I have a theory about that, and I have a theory that the scariest things are things that are super innocent in yeah. places they shouldn't be. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's like. A little kid at like three in the morning in an alley when you're like half oh. drunk is really terrifying. <laughs> Whereas that during the during the day, that's like no, that's nothing. That's true. So, that's so good. It's like I like that. So yeah. So and I agree with you that I think what we picked were movies that I think the definition for me was that afterwards it lingered with yes, me and exactly. still to this day will occasionally pop into my brain and yeah. I'll be kind of unsettled. Yeah. So. It's funny because all of my movies involve the supernatural, except for this one, my number four. Um, and I matched it. It's weird. I didn't think I matched them in order, but maybe they sort of do match up thematically. But my horrible scene was the creek scene in Deliverance, which is so mm-hmm. sticks with me and is so horrific and comes out of nowhere in that movie. And I, you can't say, I mean, everyone's probably seen it, but if you haven't, I definitely can't spoil it because it actually defines the timber yep. of the rest of the film. But uh, so that scene I matched with a movie called Eden Lake. And I don't know many people who've seen it. No, I haven't. But, but it's one of Michael Fassbender's first films. It's before he was well known. 
and I think it's Melissa George is the his wife, but I could be totally wrong on that. The actress is uh, who it was because I don't remember her very well from it. But basically, he's a dude who's vacationing in around his hometown and kind of a uh, more backwoods part of England uh, at a quarry that he used to swim in. And he's on a beach with his wife and there's some kids down the beach and they're kind of making a lot of noise and stuff. And so he kind of gets it into his head to go over and tell them to quiet down. And this horrible series of events basically snowballs out of that interaction. And where the horror in the movie comes from is that, uh, and maybe it's a movie that I watched at exactly the right time because mm-hmm. that's like a like a middle aged guy who's with his girlfriend or whatever. It's hard to think that you would do anything differently from what he does, right? But everything he does is wrong, and he misjudges everything. And the movie is unrelentingly grim, and there are just some really. It's not overtly gory, uh, although the implications are certainly right. crazy. But it has one of the most nihilistic and unsettling endings of any movie I've ever seen. There's nothing supernatural to the movie at all. Just kind of like it's sort of this backwoods horror story. And it's interesting. I matched it with the deliverance. I didn't mean to. But they're both sort of similar thematically. But yeah, it's a scary, scary movie. Hmm. So I didn't actually do any of the the, the scene things. Because you didn't really mention that. But I didn't. Thinking on it, I'm the fly when Brundlefly first starts shedding some of his skin and he starts peeling off his own fingernails. Oh. That scene has always creeped the crap. David Cronenberg is so good at body, like dystopia, I think it's called, where like weird things are happening to your body. And a couple of people, I, I put on Facebook, like, what are your scariest movies a couple of people mentioned videodrome which i don't think is scary at all but there are a few scenes that are just like oh that's so disgusting so yeah it's uh that I, i'm gonna give the fly as my gross scene and it's kind of tied to jacob's ladder which is my next uh pick it's a 1990 american psychological mm-hmm. horror film directed by adrian line adrian lynn produced yeah. uh sorry adrian lynn um, starring Tim Robbins. It's about Jacob, a Vietnam vet who returns from war, and he has this weird flashbacks and hallucinations, and they kind of increase in frequency and intensity over the course of the movie. The scene that sticks out in my mind the most, that still to this day I can't see, oh, I'll explain what things they are, but there's um, there's a subway going away, and it's a very normal scene, And then suddenly he looks up at the window and there's this person just standing there and they're shaking their head back and forth really, really fast. And when they shake their head, like there's this, there's this sound like bees buzzing, like, and it's just so creepy. And to this day, when I see like those in, in the Halloween stores, the, the like thing that flaps back and forth just creeps the crap out of me. So yeah, Jacob's ladder, that, that sucker is stuck in my head. There are some visually some just like amazing points in Jacob's Ladder. I'm totally it's with you that it's movie. really, really sticks with you. I just wish the movie made some sense to me. I, I really do think the movie's visually like one of those movies that's like, it's so amazing. But yeah, I even when I saw it in the theater, I was kind of disappointed because I just wanted it to like, I wanted to understand more about it. I know that's part of its strength and charm. 
but still, I don't know. There was something about it that I well, wanted to know more. Because they, they never really explain what's happening, right? Oh, no, at not at all. But they hinted it. It's a little yeah. bit like Lost, the, but without an ending. Because the implication Cause is that he's died in Vietnam and this is just his his body shutting down. Or that Which the military has been experimenting on veterans. Yeah, there's... And yeah. There, it's... Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I was probably 19 when I saw Same it, with whenever me, yeah. it first came out, so I don't, but it's amazing, that's like, that means it's like almost 25 years ago, and I remember it very, very, Same with me. like visually distinctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so sorry, I didn't mention the scenes, because I only put together my, like, finished up my list today, and I realized that there were scenes I found so terrifying, but that the movies themselves didn't warrant yeah, the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. So, but my number three, and it's probably, you'll probably laugh, but I just thought everything about it was sort of pitch perfect for me to scare the crap out of me, was uh, Paranormal Activity, the original one. And why I say that is because everything I thought would be true of that movie wasn't. Like, it's not a ghost Mm -hmm. in that movie. It's some kind of weird demon that's been haunting the wife all Mm -hmm. her life. Everything about that's just like, it's just so wrong that it kind of feels really true. And I think that's the strength of the movie. It doesn't, it's actually a lot more original, I think, than people give it credit for. And it just is a slow build. And why it works is because if you didn't tell that story so mundanely and pedantically with like these nighttime video cameras and stuff, it wouldn't be believable at all. It's true. You just think it was ridiculous. But because of the way, like, the found footage is used to perfect effect and just the idea that something's been kind of wandering through their attic and leaving footprints, every, it sounds ridiculous, but it's so, it's it's pulled off perfectly in that movie, which is super terrifying. And my, and my scene that I guess I match with it is, there's a concept in Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days, which I guess, like, James Cameron wrote. But that movie with Ralph Fiennes that takes place in 1999, yeah. like right before the New Year's, where basically the serial killer has, they have this technology where you can record people's thoughts and emotions and feelings. And he takes the device and he puts it on his victims so that they can feel how excited right. he is. Well, he, they also feel how they get killed. And just that concept is really disgusting to me. And so horrific that it's like it's always stuck with me as being like wow i just couldn't get through the rest of the movie um i mean i saw it in the theater but it's just like all i could keep thinking about was how awful that was and it's just like that's real horror to me so i like it i like it the rest of that movie is not horrific at all no i mean that's why it's so weird except it's just not very good but (laughs) (laughs) that too that's absolutely true uh okay my number three is uh a 2002 American adaptation of a Japanese film. It's uh, The Ring, which was the... I, I really enjoyed it. scary movie. I, I've seen both, and I, I like the Japanese one, but the American one just rings a little truer because I understand I agree. what's going on. I actually agree. Um, directed by Gore Verbinski, which I didn't realize, yeah. and starring Naomi Watts. This story centers around Rachel, who's a journalist who's asked to investigate her cousin's mysterious death. The story is also about a videotape that whenever the viewer watches it, they die seven days later. Her son, Aiden, has some extrasensory abilities and features heavily in the story and is a little bit creepy. And uh, there's an amazing twist where at the end where they basically have a loophole to getting away from the curse. And it's 
it's very dark. It's a very dark loophole. Uh, it's really good, though. I love that movie. And the little girl is creepy as hell. Oh, dude, it's such a great movie. I think that's a great horror movie. And it, it almost made my list, to be honest, because it is actually truly a scary movie. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt. Even even like when they filmed the girl, they always filmed her in reverse. So it looks unnatural when she's moving because they had her do everything and then replayed mm-hmm. played it backwards. So, yeah, it's so it's so well done. Yeah, it's a scary, scary movie. And so... What's interesting is my last two movies are really not my favorite movies at all. But Same with me. The concepts in them scare the crap out of me. Same with me. And they just like freak me out. And my scene, I'll just say quickly, is there's a scene in Looper, which you can't give away uh, in the movie, but like a, a plot twist that involves sort of like the slow dismantling of a character. <gasps> yes. Oh, and that's it, so good. And it's super terrifying. And the movie, Looper never recovers from it, I don't think. I think the movie gets ruined by how horrific this one concept is in the film. But yeah, that's pure horror to me. And it's like, I mean, it wouldn't be sustainable for a whole film because you just leave. You wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, But it's really, really awful. And the implications, like as soon as you think through the implications, it's so awful. But anyway, but my number two movie, which is not even a good movie, which is why it's so crazy, but it's The Mothman Prophecies. Oh, wow. And I think that is a terrifying movie. I mean, it's based on a true story. Yeah. It's these things that show up and stuff may or may not die around them, but they are the harbingers of disaster. They might be aliens or beings living on another planet trying to communicate. I, it is just so out there. And the very first scene is Richard Gere driving with his wife and this being flies through their car and she winds up getting brain cancer almost right away and dies a few weeks later. And it's, it's all inexplicable, like crazy stuff. Yeah. But for some reason it feels like it feels very folky and very sort of, I don't know. It's very Algernon Blackwood. It's, it's almost like a modern folktale and it scares the crap out of me. I'll not lie. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that movie is scary as hell. That's really good. Uh, my number two is The Omen, which was a 1976 American-British supernatural horror, which I did not realize was directed by Richard Donner, who's one of my favorite directors. Um, the movie is set in Rome, and it's uh, a man and a woman with a, who's child dies after birth are convinced to secretly adopt a baby whose own mother has died during during childbirth by some shadowy mysterious religious figure couple name the child damien and pretty much immediately all hell breaks loose and pun intended and they eventually find out that he's got supernatural origins and have to attempt to defeat the ultimate evil it's so creepy the kid is so terrifyingly creepy there are scenes that are like super gory and creepy and yeah that movie just scared the crap out of me when i was younger that's that movie is a terrifying movie and you're right there's parts of that movie that scared the crap out of me it reminds me of in in the course of doing this i read for about the zillionth time that exorcist 3 has this 10 minute long shot that reminds me of the omen oh yeah that's famous for being one of the scariest scenes of all time. But to me, a much scarier scene is the reveal where uh, 
Gregory Peck goes to find the mother's grave. Yeah. And he they open the grave and it's the reveal is so terrifying. Yeah. I just yeah. I I love that movie. It's a great movie. And actually if you read about it, I just read this recently that there's a huge curse associated to that movie and all sorts really? of horrible stuff happened around the production of that movie, but to I'll the leave omen. that to Google. Yeah. Really? The, wow. Specifically the omen. Sweet. So well not yes. sweet. The opposite <laughs> well, of sweet. All right, your so, number one. Yeah, my number one. Before I do it, I'll say that the scariest scene in any movie I've ever seen, and again, it reminds me of Eden Lake because it's it's sometimes the most scary scenes are scenes in which you know you do mm-hmm. what the character does. Um, there's like that scene from the dragon tat, the girl with the dragon tattoo, where Daniel Craig goes back into this serial killer's house. Yeah, I and see, the serial killer even says, "Like you're just embarrassed. Well, isn't yeah. that amazing? You knew what was happening." And the scene I'm talking about is in Training Day. There's a scene where Ethan Hawke is set up, and as he slowly realizes yeah. he's been set up, I don't think there's a scarier scene on film. The gangsters who he's with are absolutely lethal and terrifying and on a whole other level of existence than he is. Yeah. And as he slowly realizes he's been played and that there's nothing he can do at watching Ethan, like it's Ethan Hawke plays it perfectly. Yeah. Like watching him descend into hopelessness is really terrifying. So that's, that scene's probably the single scariest scene I've ever seen on film in, in my humble opinion, but my scariest movie just hands down, I think is gotta be the exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, Wow. That movie shouldn't be so scary. It's not. I, I mean, it's fairly recent, right? It was like probably five years old. Yeah, it's pretty recent. It's uh, oh, I can't remember who plays the lawyer, but it's uh, Jennifer Carpenter as Emily Rose. Yep. It's based on a true story. If you look up the actual tapes of the exorcism, you can hear them. They're terrifying. I mean, the reality is the movie never pretends that it's necessarily supernatural. It always kind of begs the question of whether she's schizophrenic or has some kind of rare form of epilepsy or whether the devil is actually at work. And, and the movie's actually kind of like a courtroom procedural, right? That's right. It is. Yeah. And, but what's, I, I mean, I literally can't go to sleep at three o'clock in the morning anymore. I have to wait till four in the morning oh, or wow. I have to go to sleep soon enough because of this conceit that it's like three o'clock is the devil's hour. And it's, that's when he's closest to the universe and all this other nonsense. But oh. It's a terrifying movie, and if any of this stuff happened in real life to you, whether or not it was a medical problem or whether it was actually the devil, I think they'd almost be equally scary. And the movie is excellent at portraying how powerless she is in the face of whatever's going on. It's so terrifying. And being anyone around her would have been terrifying. I mean, it's it's a really spooky movie. I don't think it's very true to life at all, uh, what actually happened, because I think what actually happened is pretty tragic and horrible. Um but the the inspiration they took from it is really, I mean, it's just a scary, scary movie. Huh. Well, uh, in kind of the same vein, my number one pick is uh, the 1979 Canadian psychological horror film directed by Peter Medic, The Changeling. Yes, yes which... it all. <laughs> you knew that was going to be? I just, I that is such a scary movie. I just couldn't put it on my list because the ending is ties it up too perfectly. It does, yeah, it absolutely does. But yeah, it's um, it's about a guy named John Russell who moves to Washington State following the deaths of his uh, wife and daughter in a car accident. He rents this big, huge Victorian mansion and pretty much immediately discovers the unhappy ghost of a murdered boy, uh, and it just the 
it becomes kind of a murder mystery because the boy uh, insists that he he solve his murder, and there's there's no gore, there's no physical no. manifestation of the actual ghost, but there are so many psychological things. Like the scariest scene, in my opinion, in any movie ever is when the red, white, and blue ball bounces down the stairs. It's oh, just dude, like, it's amazing. And it's just a red, white, and blue ball bouncing down. The, like, it shouldn't be scary. And there's a couple scenes with, like, an antique wheelchair that are just horrifyingly scary. And, yeah, it's just, it's a it's a really creepy movie. But so another, good. Yeah, another reason I couldn't kind of put it on my list is because I think there are movies that since, although they owe everything to the changeling are kind of almost equally scary. Yeah. And but, one would be the others. One would be the sixth yes. sense. One yeah. would be uh, the awakening. I love those movies. Like haunted house movies are my absolute favorite kind of horror movies. Um, and they scare the, the conjuring. God, that was terrible. The conjuring is so, you know, you know what? It was almost on my list, but it, yeah, I, I put the Duke on it instead, but the conjuring is a, an amazing movie. The the scene with the um the mother playing the clapping game. Like first of all, who the hell does that ever? But you <laughs> you clap and then somebody's going to clap back. Well, she claps and all of a sudden like something out of her wardrobe claps. Oh, come on. Like I'm just done. I I leave that house immediately <laughs> and never go back. I think I, it's funny because I think it's interesting that James Wan I think he directed Insidious as well. Yeah. But amongst, I think he directed a couple of the sequels, or one of the sequels, but James Wan has this thing where it's like, he often doesn't use special effects. It's all kind of like practical effects. And the clapping hands are one that's such, but one of the scenes I love, and my favorite scene in The Conjuring is where the two daughters are looking into a dark corner. There's no special effects. And the one girl's like, who farted? Whatever. It smells really bad in here. And they look into the corner and the one girl's like, oh my God. It's he's looking or it's looking at us or whatever. And the other girl's like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's right there. Can't you see it? It's standing right oh, there. Dude, and it's like even... my hair's on. Yeah, my hair's on standing <laughs> on it right now. It to me. I, I, I just that scene's oh. amazing. And it and the only in fact, I think the conjuring would would be on my list. It might even be number one if the movie didn't suffer as soon as the psychic investigators show up. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like and and. It kind of recovers a couple times, but yeah, you're right. Like they they take over the movie, and it's not nearly as interesting. It's not nearly as scary either. Yeah, and the second yeah. one is really good too, and really terrifying. I've never. But it seen doesn't have this doesn't have the same flavor as the uh, the first one. The first one is just it, it maybe because it's more of the same. The second well, one is pretty eerie too. The I first mean, one's awesome because it's like it's a mother trying to save her children. So that's always a good story like that. It mm-hmm. just makes for a good story. And yeah, I forgot that he's the saw guy too, eh? James Wan. Yeah. Which is also a really neat movie and pretty scary. But mostly gory. And it and it kind of began that whole torture porn trend, which I hate. I you know what? I would agree with you, except I just I've never thought of Saw as being torture porn at all. Just like the sequels, maybe. Saw wasn't, seen, but yeah, the, the later ones seen, were. Yeah, sure. I haven't seen any of the other ones. He didn't direct any of the other ones. But I mean, the, I think the torture porn thing is more a result of. I mean, Wes Craven and those guys kind of began it in the seventies, and well, it's I mean, tr- it's I true. can't watch Last House of the Left still to this day. That I can't get through that movie; it's too horrible. Yeah, and it's funny that that 
none of the movies we've picked are any of those. Like a lot of people have said that horror had its, it had its apex in the eighties, but it also died in the eighties because your bad guys became the guys you rooted for. You were rooting for Jason. You were rooting for Mm -hmm. Freddie. You wanted to see them, you know, kill people in all these unique and interesting ways. And horror had to go away for a number of years before it came back and, and became scary again. Yeah, I think the closest one to anything in that sort of practical, like, it's not gory, it's not the right word, but really, like, Eden Lake holds something, it's not torture porn, but it's yeah. like, there's some yeah. really disturbing stuff in that movie that probably is like, I mean, it's not fun to watch at points, and you're yeah. just like, I can't believe that just happened. Um, but, I mean, it's a really terrifying movie, and really well made, and I think that there's sort of something interesting to it that takes it above and it's james Watkins who i think he's done something recently that's uh oh he did the woman in black which is also an amazing movie i haven't seen that but everybody says that is as scary as as crap movie that i need to see actually i can't believe that's not on my list it's weird that eden lake is and not woman in black because that's probably a scarier movie than the conjuring i'm gonna great movie i'm gonna rapid fire uh three quick uh honorable mentions Cool. The the remake of Evil Dead, which I thought was actually really well done, that was really, really scary. And they did a, a very good job of of like kind of ratcheting up the horror in it. That uh, feels in the space of kind of torture porn too, though, that film. It, that it was a little bit, yeah, because yeah. there were there were definitely some, yeah, like body. I like that movie. Dis- but, yeah. yeah. Um, Drag Me to Hell, Sam Raimi's <laughs> most recent movie. There are some scenes in that movie yeah. that are just terrifyingly scary and uh and my last one was oh it totally escaped me i just lost it oh well while you're thinking about it i'm just gonna say in drag me to hell that scene where the shadow attacks her in the kitchen is really gross and scary that's a pretty cool scene yeah yeah i've I've lost my third one i had a third oh well (laughs) Well, you brought up The Conjuring, which was one of my honorable mentions, too. I can't believe I didn't think of The Woman in Black, though. Yeah, that, I gotta, I've got to see that, apparently. You'd love it. And the great thing about The Woman in Black is that ending is pretty dark. In a, like, in a, yeah, it's clever. It's interesting. It's the, that's a great movie. I was supposed to go see it, and, uh, and it left theaters in London like way too quickly. Because we tend to get stuff, and then two weeks later, it's gone. It's and, ridiculous. To me, just like a weird aside about that movie is I think Daniel Radcliffe's perfectly cast in that film and he's yeah, really good in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's very much in the same flavor as The Changeling and you sort of feel like it's going to go that way and wow, <laughs> does it ever take a left turn? Well, I think on that note, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, next week, we will be live with a live show directly from the floor of the forest city comic-con i'm gonna try and live stream it on uh, facebook if i can i don't know if i'll have a fast enough internet connection but if i do we'll live stream it too and people can ask us questions so uh tune into that bad boy cool in the meantime i'm brian garside and i'm liam nickerson stay ghosty (laughs) (laughs) i know i've been trying i was thinking like what's a line from one of these movies i don't know these aren't movies that have lines unfortunately (laughs) no it's true baba duke baba duke
play the game there that's going to be my oh, end nice. from deliverance nice yeah.